0: Welcome to episode number 46 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Tripodi of draftanalyst.com, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline with the final day of on-field workouts at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, now complete. We're a bit late on news tonight, but we do have a quick show for you to tie up the loose ends with the defensive back workouts. Tony, another combine in the books. How are you feeling?
1: Tired, as I usually do at the end of each combine. I mean, the combine is... Working all day and then working all night. And you work all night by going to places like the JW Marriott, Prime, and all these other places to try and get some information and get what the buzz is. So it's really nonstop go. Almost as bad as the Senior Bowl, but a lot of work. And we've we've had a lot of information. I'm sure we'll have more as the week progresses.
0: All right. Not a ton of buzz, as I said before, with everything wrapping up. People are filing out of Lucas Oil Stadium, heading home, whether it's tonight or tomorrow. But we do have one update. On a report we brought together on Saturday regarding Florida edge rusher Ja'Kai Polite, we stated that teams had him ranked as the number two edge rusher in the draft behind Josh Allen. Obviously, that comes with the caveat that Nick Bosa isn't solely an edge rusher. We also noted that the Green Bay Packers would have interest in Polite with their first of two first-round picks at number 12 overall. That may not be the case anymore, though. Can you tell us why, Tony?
1: Well, obviously, the word is out there. His interviews went... Poorly, And then he basically, during his media session at the Combine, just pointed fingers and and accused different teams. I've learned that coming into the process, there were some character, red flags, unpolite. I'm told that there may be a couple of issues with him. They tried to prepare him. Hopefully he can get it back together. I mean, he'll have the pro day. I'm sure he'll speak to the teams that he had the issues with, that he had the poor interviews But right now, it's not good. I still think he's going to be a first-round pick because he can rush rush the passer. He can get up the field. But he's got to really pull it together on pro day. He's got to have a good workout, and then he's got to interview well. There's still time for him, but I'm not hearing good things.
0: After that report, we'll get right into the defensive back workouts from Monday at the Combine. Unsurprisingly, the D-backs include several of the best 40 times of the draft. Kind of comes with the territory when you're working with the smallest players on the field. There were also some impressive agility numbers as well. We actually pegged several of the top performers during our preview on Sunday show as well. Tony, who impressed you among the
1: DBs? Yeah, we did. We were right on the money with a lot of these guys. I mean, first of all, Juan Thornhill, who we spoke about last night. I said he was going to knock it out of the park, and he did. Four point four two seconds in the forty. Now that may not seem like a really blazing time, but the fact is scouts estimated he was gonna be a high four five guy. So he was almost two tenths faster than what scouts predicted. Forty-four inches in the vertical jump, 141 inches, which works out to well eleven feet nine inches in the broad. The fact is this is we know that Thornhill's a good player. We know he's got the instincts. There was questions about his speed and athleticism. I think those have definitely been answered. Definitely helped the stock uh, at the combine. The next guy who I thought really had a good uh, combine and really improved the stock would be Darnell Savage, another guy that we spoke about. Savage's numbers were better in Thornhills in the 40, 4.36 seconds. His vertical jump was 39.5 inches. His broad jump was 10 feet 6 inches. Solid three cone at 7.03. Solid short shuttle at 4.14 I had been hearing all along in the lead-up to the combine, if he had a good workout, he would jump into the second day. He absolutely did. Underclassman David Long also performed very well during his workout. His 40 time was 4.45, 39 and half inch vertical jump, 10-foot broad jump, an outstanding three-cone time of 6.45 seconds and a 20-yard shuttle of 3.97 seconds. He looked really good in drills. Fluid backpedal. Good hip turn. I mean, a guy who really seemed to put it all together. Byron Murphy of Washington was a little bit disappointing with his 40 time. Only ran a 4.55, but he was 14 pounds heavier at the combine at 190 pounds than his playing weight. He was more of a 177 to 180 pound guy. So that extra weight probably slowed him down a little bit, but he was terrific in drills. Very fluid pedaling in reverse. Showed great hips. Really, I love the way he tracks the ball in the air showed the polished ball skills that he had in the field on Saturday. He proved them all and he, he displayed them all throughout the throughout all the drills that Scouts asked him to run. Rocky Asin was another one. Didn't have the greatest 40 time in the world, 4.51 seconds. The shuttle time was 4.31, the three cone time was seven point three one, but he looked terrific in drills. Loved the way he tracks the ball, showed excellent hands for the interception on the on the deep pass drills. Really gets up and plays with outstanding balance and body control. We'll talk about some of the disappointments later on. But I think overall, the way the cornerback class was at the Combine, there were more disappointments than there were winners. You look at Rak Yasin, a guy who was barely mentioned by scouts coming in the season, had a good campaign in 2018, performed well at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy who could potentially jump into the top 45 selections. Isaiah Johnson of Houston a guy who performed brilliantly during his combine performance. A 40-time 40 of 4.4 flat, vertical jump 36 half inches. His broad jump was 11 feet 1 inch, an outstanding three-cone time of 6.81 seconds, a 20-yard shuttle of 4.06. Now, those are important for Johnson because he doesn't show a great change of direction on film. He's a guy who struggles making plays with his back to the ball. I thought he was terrific in drills. Again, quick footed in reverse, was able to get his head back around and track the pass in the air. There are a lot of people who like Johnson as either a press corner. Some people also consider him at safety. If he can translate those skills that he showed today into Sunday football, he's a guy who could start at the next level. He's just got to learn to make plays with his back to the ball more consistently, shows that he has the skills, he's just got to pull it together. At safety, let's start with Marvell Tell of USC. Didn't run the 40, but his other numbers were out of this world. 42-inch vertical jump, a broad jump of 11 feet 4 inches, 6.63 seconds in a 3-cone. That's an outstanding time. 4.01 seconds in the shuttle. That's a real good time, especially for Tell, who most people view as a downhill between the numbers type of safety. He showed the lateral movement skills. He shows he's got speed moving laterally. So now that opinion may change for him. He's got to run well. He's got to run a good 40 time during his pro day late in March. Will Harris of Boston College was another guy who had a good overall day, exceeded expectations. Harris was a guy that many scouts thought coming into the combine was going to run in the high mid to high four fives. 44140 time. Terrific three-cone time of 6.91 seconds. You know, the thing with Harris is he's a smart, instinctive football player. He doesn't have mental lapses on the field. He's a tough tackler. Now with the forty time and with the three-cone time, people may start to think that he's more than a, just a, a traditional strong safety. Maybe you can play him in a zone system. You could line him up occasionally over the slot receiver. Ken Webster of Mississippi had a terrific day, but there's a side story to this. 4.43 in the 40, 43-inch vertical jump, a broad jump of 11 feet 1 inch, terrific three cone time at, of 6.85 seconds. Now, you know, I was told that Webster was really going to work out well, was going to put up some great testing numbers. He did. The issue with Webster or the medicals, if you remember, he was a tremendous prospect coming off the 2015 campaign. I thought he w- he was a guy that could grow into the fir- into a first rounder. First game of the 2016 season, suffered a devastating knee injury against Florida State. While these numbers are good, when you watch the film, he seems to have lost his edge. Doesn't have the same quickness. Doesn't have the same explosion. It's nice to see that the, you know he has these numbers. Maybe he can translate them, get his game back on track. The big thing with, with Webster is, is going to be those combine medicals. The MRI of his surgically repaired knee, what the outlook is moving forward. And do scouts think... Or do teams think, I should say, that he can make it to a second contract? Because if he's not a second contract guy or there are other red flags, he's going to drop like a rock.
0: And we say all the time, and it bears repeating here again, you could work out as well as you want. But in the end, the medicals and the interviews take precedence. Look at what is happening with Jokai Polite. He's going to fall a little bit. Again, maybe not out of the first round, like you said. But a guy who didn't interview well, so he's going to drop Ken Webster, a guy if his medicals don't check out, nobody's going to care what he ran in the workouts. Might help him a little bit on the third day, but in the end, teams want longevity out of their high picks. And if you're unable to give it to them, whether it's character related, whether it's injury related, whatever it is, you're going to struggle and you're going to drop a bit in the
1: draft. Absolutely. And especially at a at a position like cornerback where, you know, there was a lot of pounding on the knees, that stop and start explosion, that stop, that, that change of direction. You know, Webster was a terrific player. I hope he gets a clean bill of health. But again, despite the numbers he showed today, it really hasn't translated on film the past two seasons. And really, he didn't see the field all that much in 2017.
0: Now, we went over the winners, obviously. Not every corner in safety ran as fast as they would have liked or performed as well as a whole, as expected. One player in particular who struggled, a guy we've talked about a lot on this podcast since the beginning, was Fresno State safety Mike Bell. Couldn't even crack 4.8 in the 40-yard dash. Also performed poorly in the bench press, vertical jump, and the agility drills. How disappointed were you in Bell, Tony? And who else didn't hit the marks you were expecting them to?
1: It was basically every, almost everybody from uh, Fresno State who was at the combine because receiver Keyshawn Johnson, a guy who I was really high on, did not have a good combine. I mean, 4.83, you just can't draft a guy like that. He's going to have to come back at his pro day and run in the 4.5s. Uh, he's not going to play safety at the next level. I mean, you may ha- you may use him like a Dion Buchanan type where you pull him up to a, a linebacker position. But at 483, uh, he's got no place at the next level. And this is a guy who on film looks really good, but it's a situation where he was just able to exploit lesser talent. You know, yesterday I spoke about DeAndre Baker and how I was not hearing good things about him. I didn't think he was going to do all that well. And basically it came to fruition. Ran in the mid four fives in the 40, looked terrible in position drills, which is something I suggested everyone look out for. I mean, he was not quick or fluid. Pedaling, he was off balance. He was slow with his hip turn. I was told that he just had sort of a laissez-faire attitude towards the combine training. Would not show up. I was told he didn't look smooth, and it all translated to a bad performance for him today. Dakota Dixon. You know, you mentioned Mike Bella guy who uh, ran the four eights. Dakota Dixon ran a four eight one. inch vertical jump, which is not a good number for a uh, 204 pound defensive back. I like Dakota Dixon on film. Didn't do a bad job at the Shrine game. Had his moments. But again, you know, with numbers like this, you're not going to be able to select a guy like that, and he's going to fall out of the draft. Blaze Brown of uh, Troy, another one, ran 4.75 today in the 40. Didn't do the uh, vertical jump. 7.33 in the three cone. 4.22 in the 20-yard shuttle. Brown was a guy who really didn't start on a consistent basis last year at Troy State, or Troy as it's now known. What makes this case so interesting is before the season began, Blaze Brown was graded as one of the top three senior cornerbacks by scouts who thought he could be a top 45 selection. A few months later, he's not even going to get drafted with numbers like that, as well as uh, combined with his play on the field in 2018.
0: Now, just to kind of go back to one guy you mentioned, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Obviously, he's a guy you haven't been as high on through the process. Thought he might have some struggles today. But I also hear he didn't do so well in the interviews. Have you heard anything like that about Baker outside of the workouts?
1: I have not heard about that, but then again, I've not asked about that. So it, it, it's quite possibly true. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me again because of, uh, and I mentioned this a couple of times, mentioned this last night. You know, I was not getting good feedback on him from the combine training. And that's basically going to trans over. Really didn't take it like he was approaching the job interview of his life, which is what the combine is. And so it, it, it doesn't surprise me. And again, I never had deandre baker at any point in the process or in my rankings or my mock drafts i never had deandre baker graded as a potential first round pick let's forget about what happened today the fact is is and i'll say this ad nauseum he cannot make plays with his back to the ball he's a guy who plays tough physical football and he strips the ball away from the receivers he's covering but he does too much face guarding and when he does transition back to look for the ball, he loses a half step. In fact, I said this when I did the uh, podcast at NewYorkGiants.com on Friday when they asked me specifically about Baker. And I think that what we saw today was just a continuation of what I felt and what I have been hearing.
0: Before we wrap up here, we have the winners out of the way. We have the losers out of the way. There are still a couple other players who had notable performances for other reasons. Tony, who am I talking about?
1: Well, first of all, is Joe Juan Williams of Vanderbilt, a guy who over the summer... I graded as a potential second, third-round pick. But I said about Joe Juan Williams, his deep speed concerns me. And he ran a 4.64 today. I spoke with uh, some of his team on Thursday night. They were hoping he was going to get into the 4.5s. Didn't happen. The thing with Williams is he's a terrific player. He's a physical safety. He's got outstanding size, a slightly under six foot four, 211 pounds. And as I said in my write-up about Williams last summer, I think he's a guy that if you're afraid of his speed, you can push him inside to safety. Want to see what he's going to run in the three cone and the shuttle during his pro day. For him to be used at cornerback, he's really got to get that 40 time down.
0: And that's all for the 46th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. You can find us at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe Podcasts. With the Combine now in the rearview mirror, we'll be back on our normal schedule Wednesday with a more comprehensive wrap-up of the event as a whole. But until then, head over to DraftAnalyst.com for all the latest, as always. And for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Thanks for joining us.